So here we go, episode two, Alyssa to Mario, LTM. And I'm really excited to chat with my guest today, conservative commentator and political activist Candace Owens. Candace gained national notoriety after she started her YouTube channel, Red Pill Black. And then things went next level when Kanye tweeted about her. And since then, she started a movement called Blexit. And she's also recently engaged, uh, also launching a new podcast of her own. We're going to talk about that and get into her really interesting backstory. So let's get to it. Candace Owens, welcome. I love being here. This is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you coming here. So there's so much I want to talk to you about. Um, (laughs) First of all, congratulations on the recent engagement. Thank you. Thank you. Were you surprised by that? Very exciting. Yeah, I don't have my ring today because... Wait a second. Why don't you have the ring It's getting sized. My finger was too small. Um, so I, I, saw, I get it this week, later this week. Yeah, you look so happy in the pictures you posted. Yes. Was was that by surprise? Did you have a feeling it was kind of coming? Um, it was totally by surprise. I fell in love really hard for a Brit, which my whole American independence thing might be falling apart. Um, How'd that happen? <laughs> I know. I know. We fight for our independence and then I just marry a Brit, right? Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, uh, we were launching. So I work for an organization, Turning Point USA. And we were looking at launching Turning Point UK. We were just getting so many emails of like, what you're doing in the USA, we need in the UK. We have socialism and communism is creeping up. So we just did like a a couple of soft events out there. And I met my fiance really fast um, and we fell really hard and we're getting really married. Wow. Romantic. (laughs) Was it it a quick courtship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like he like told me he loved me before we had our first kiss. I mean, it was like it was if I talk about it, it's going to sound like the cheesiest love movie of all time. Like, it's just going to be like Notting Hill. You're going to be like, there are no rules in love. The heart wants what the heart wants. I know people and people can't know that side of me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) God forbid you seem a little vulnerable. No, that's cool. I know. No, that's cool. So wait a second. Is there a date yet? Yeah, we are getting married at Blenheim Palace. Uh, Either December 8th or January 20th. I'm kind of trying to see what reelect is going to look like. So this year it's going down. Yeah. I'm going to wow. be married. And is he yeah. going to stay in the UK? It can't. No, 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 no. That, he has that to come here. Happen. We've got reelect. Yes. Okay. So yeah. you've already. Yeah, so the, you're the quarterback of the team here. I'm the, well, so. yeah. because he, Well, he was the quarterback of like Brexit. Actually, he's also involved in politics. But Brexit's happening already. So it's yeah. going to happen Next month, so he can come. Well, he is in love. He's going to another, yeah, whole other country. Yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Super cute. Yeah, night. What's his name? George. George. Yeah, (laughs) last name Farmer. There have been fights between me and uh, Charlie Kirk, who's. My partner in crime, he's like, you cannot change your last name to Farmer. We've already branded Owens. We've already branded Owens. Are you keeping it Owens? <laughs> I'm like, Come on. I'm not a feminist. I'm like totally taking his last name. But then he's like, fine. Maybe the middle ground is like, you just go by Candace, like just Madonna or just Prince. Yeah. <laughs> like, Candace right. Farmer is a nice name. Yeah, Candace Farmer is, is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Candace Owens does have a nice ring to it. Yeah. Let's go back to OG Candace Owens. You're from Connecticut, right? Stanford, Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut. Born and yeah. raised, and yeah. uh, mom and dad. What mom and dad do? What were they into? Uh, you know, my dad worked in housing and in real estate, and my mom worked in um, what is it called? Chiropractor. Like she wasn't a chiropractor, but she worked at a chiropractic practice. firm. Got practice it. firm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess they just tried to raise me. I was kind of always a little bit of a rebel rouser. <laughs> How many brothers and sisters? I have two sisters and I have a brother. Where do you fall? I am, I guess, kind of in the middle. My sister, I'm I'm the third child down. 
the third child down. Third oh, child down. So you always sort of had to fight for attention. And, yeah. Right, have you always been <laughs> uh, a free thinker or question yeah. things? Yeah. I mean, if you watch videos of me growing up, it's pretty horrific. My mom's like, you're going to get a child just like you. And I just <laughs> I just always had to know why. You know, one of those kids is just like, why? But yeah. why? Like, why is the sky blue? Like, you know. Yeah. And parents really don't know everything. Um, and so it can be pretty frustrating for parents. And I just was, I mean, same for teachers. I was just always not content with just accepting what the status quo like you know when your parents are like because i said so i'm like right. but that doesn't make sense mommy yeah. <laughs> like i'm gonna need a little more of an explanation and i was like obsessed with critically thinking and doing things on my own which was so different from my sisters and my brother in that regard so really? i was just so they weren't similar in that regard no i was like running the house you know what i mean like yeah, my yeah. sister i was like marching orders at my older sister and yeah. like telling her the way things would go and uh to my little sister as well like constantly protecting her and I, I, people always ask, like, oh, where do you get this personality? And I'm like, I have been this way since I was a child. Like, I wow. came out like this. Yeah. Yeah. You still close with them? Yeah, yeah. Me and my me and my uh, siblings are so close. Are they all back east? Yeah, they're back east. And I'm, I'm Mom sh- and dad, too? Mom and, mo- mom and dad are split up. Dad's on the west coast. Mom's on the east coast. Okay. Yeah. Okay, nice. And you're still an east coast girl? I'm an all over the place girl now. <laughs> I mean, right. just yeah, wherever I need to be, I am. I'm traveling six days a week, so wow, gets well, pretty exhausting. I want to get to the schedule, but um, in, in in high school, you you had an incident with some some pretty uh, provocative uh, voicemails, to say the least, right? Yeah, the mayor's son ended up being involved. Yeah, deal with it was, that. I guess it was my earliest political scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on it, no, you know, I had uh, some kids left some really racist voicemails on my. Um, phone and didn't know who it was. And I told a teacher about it um, the next day at school. Like they, I mean, they were pretty, they were, it was horrific language, like tar and feather your family, going to put a bull in the back of your head, like Martin Luther King, like really heavy stuff. But why do you think you were targeted? Uh, well, I can tell you why. I, I actually, there were four kids that left the messages. I only knew one of them. Three of them were complete strangers to me, but I had oh. gotten my first boyfriend. It was, I mean, it was super high school. The reason is super high school. And I stopped hanging out with my friends. I was like obsessed totally obsessed with my boyfriend, my high school boyfriend. And the you fall, you fall hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I learned in two minutes. Yes, yes. I was like, that's it. The whole world ends. I love that's it. it. <laughs> I like the passion. I like it. Yeah, okay. I did make up my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the guys that were in our group of friends was super butthurt about it. And one night they went drinking and they had this idea. They were going to prank call me and say like horrific things when he was with a different friend group. And it was really stupid, but I didn't recognize the voices. The teachers next day uh, called the police and it turned into, because it happened to be a political person's son, one of the people that I didn't know, it turned into sort of this media firestorm, Mm. um, which sucks because at the end of the day, like I would have been super content with, I'm sorry, (laughs) from the kids, (laughs) right? not like being on the front page of a newspaper and having uh, people weigh in on what was going on and all that stuff. But when you're a kid, adults make decisions and, and that's that. Did that somehow inspire um, a passion for politics or what, what? when did you first get into? Well, it inspired anorexia for four years, which I talk about all the time, too. It's another thing that I'm really passionate about is talking to young girls about eating disorders. And, it's, you know, you're ripe for the age of having eating disorders when you're a teenager yeah, into your early you. 20s. That's important. Yeah. So I do a lot of speaking on that. That never gets covered. <laughs> but, nice. um, you know, it was, a, it was a really hard time for me to go from being this private person to having everyone um, in the state talking about you because it just for the newspapers was like, this is a scandal and it's fun to write about things that will sell newspapers. Uh, but it did, it, it didn't inspire me politically at the time, but it did make me feel that 
people rush to label um, and it actually harms everyone involved. Like those kids were labeled racist. I mean, the voicemails they left were racist, but can a 14 year old, which was like the age of the youngest person in the car, really be a racist or do you do something that was incredibly stupid? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought a lot about how society rushes to label everyone before they even understand what's happening. Um, maybe that person had his first beer and it's really super easy when you have a cell phone to say, say mean stuff to a black girl. Like, what are you going to say? Could you do it face to face? Probably not. Right? Not as easy to be a hateful, horrible human being. But when you're young and your brain's not developed and you want to be hateful and mean, you're kind of trying out mean, really, in, in your early teenage years. And now we have technology and social media. It just makes it a lot easier to be horrific. A lot easier. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And but people don't stop to think they don't pause to think of that stuff. We just want to stick a label on it and throw it in a throw it in a closet. Sexist, misogynist, racist. Right. So that was probably when I got my um, my early ideas about just the media rushing to be thoughtless and, mm. and stick labels on people that are harsh, incredibly harsh to call right. a 14 year old and 15 year old racist for the rest of their lives publicly. Wow. You recognize that that early. So what did spark the interest initially in politics? Trump, just 100 percent Trump. Had you not voted prior to that? Never. I had never really? voted prior to it. Yeah. So you didn't vote for President Obama. No. You didn't vote, really? I cried when he won, but I was just like, I'm so happy other people voted for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. But I wasn't politically inclined. I didn't really? care. Yeah. It wow. Was, so it was a recent uh, passion. Yeah. So what, what sparked that change or what was it about, about President Trump or, or certain views you had that made you uh, want to get into it? Well, I think... First and foremost, even if you weren't politically inclined, which I think is true of a lot of Americans, particularly black Americans, so many of us just we think we have to be Democrats, think we have to be liberals, but we're actually not following politics at all. But when Trump came down the escalator, everyone paid attention suddenly, right? He just had this personality. He was so boisterous and he just said stuff that had never been said before in a political discourse. And so I looked at him and I was like, oh, my God, no, this man cannot be president. Like I was passionately like. Trump should not be president when he first came down the escalator. Were you a fan of The Apprentice? Well, I I had seen episodes, but that was my reasoning for why he shouldn't be president. I'm like, he's a reality TV star. He cannot right. be president. Uh, but I didn't think at any moment that he was a racist or a sexist or a misogynist. And neither did anybody ever. He was never accused of that stuff. And overnight, the media just created an entire narrative around him. And, and for me, it just made me question as a black American is it possible that racism is being used as a theme to turn us into single issue emotional voters? And I found out the answer is yes. It, I mean, there's that's the only reason that you can sort of just transform somebody from one day being the hero who's throwing parties in New York and hanging on Diddy's arm and going out um, every night. Everyone wants to be like Trump. All the music I was listening to, they were like Trump. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce are sipping poolside at Mar-a-Lago. And the next day, everyone's like, nope, nope, he's a racist. Everyone must say something anti-Trump or, or you know. Um, yeah, the narrative changed the narrative really changed quick. Really quick. But, but prior to that, I mean, you started a YouTube channel called Red Pill Black. After that. Oh, it was after that. Yeah, it was after that. So it was after that. And what, yeah. was the, what were you hoping to accomplish with that channel? Well, I was just thinking that maybe black Americans need to hear a different perspective, like we were being emotionally inip- manipulated. Um, so I just said, okay, I'm going to just put out some conservative principles and say like, Hey, use a satirical stab, do a couple of rants, talk about just absurd headlines that I was seeing. I mean, after he won, they were really trying to convince us like, Oh my God, we warned you guys. And now the KKK is back. And I'm like, 
I just went to Starbucks and a white guy gave me my coffee. I don't really think <laughs> this is we're, we're back in the 40s anymore. Like it, it seems like the media was simulating a reality that just wasn't so. But so many people were emotional and they had bought into this media simulated reality, which was actually causing all of us um, to have issues with one another. And just those issues just weren't present. It, if you turn off the TV, everything's fine. Hmm. So what happened when you launched that? And what was the reaction? Uh, what you would expect. Initially, it was just, this is uh, a race traitor. She's a coon. She's an Uncle Tom. I mean, all of the stuff that you hear, the stuff that I would say, by the way, in the past about Dr. Ben Carson. So I was kind of getting a little bit of karma, I suppose, because <laughs> I said the same stuff about black conservatives growing up. It was thoughtless. I didn't really know much about black conservatism, but I knew that if a black person was conservative, they were betraying our race. Mm. Um, so I couldn't be that upset about it. I understood it and it just made me want to go further and further. And then by my third video, uh, something crazy happened and I got 26 million views. Someone lifted it off of YouTube and put it on Facebook and it just went trending worldwide. And it was dubbed in French and it was dubbed in um, Portuguese and in Spanish and everything kind of changed overnight. What was that video? Uh, It was called I Don't Care About Charlottesville or the KKK. And I just ranted for four, literally four minutes. I came back from the gym and my cousin had CNN on and they were literally trying to sell to us after the Charlottesville debacle that the KKK was back. And I was insulted by it because I grew up with my grandfather in the house. My grandfather actually grew up with the real KKK in the segregated South in Fayetteville, uh, North Carolina, and those stories were very real to us. Growing up around the table at breakfast, we'd read the Bible stories, and we all knew that the KKK would shoot bullets inside of his home, and it's it's a real piece of black history, and to just appropriate it and pretend that black Americans today are living in that time, to me, just felt really wrong. And I was just like, guys, <laughs> okay, I get it, you didn't want Trump to win, but let's not pretend that we're living in the civil rights era. And uh, people really responded to it. And, uh, November 2017, you joined Turning Point USA, right? Turning Point USA. How'd that come about? I was speaking at a conference on a panel about fake news and being a black conservative, and Charlie Kirk was much bigger than I at the time. I now have more Twitter followers than Charlie Kirk. (laughs) Should be said. Just want to clarify the record. Um, And he saw me speak and hired me on the spot, and he was like, hey, what do you want to do? And I said, "Uh, I think I want to lead like a black revolution against Democrat Party. Just that was my exact sentence. And he said, you're hired. (laughs) Bold. Yeah. And then he was like, sit in the chair right there. I'm going to get you an employment contract. And he got it over to me. And he had told me, you know, college campuses are really bad and they don't let conservatives speak. And I was like, "Okay." like I just left college not too long ago. I'm pretty sure it can't be that bad. And I couldn't believe it by the time we got to the first college campus that conservatives are quite literally not allowed to speak on college campuses. Like it turns into world war three. And I just, I couldn't believe the state of it just to stand up on a platform and say, Hey, I'm a conservative. I think black, the black community can do it without government handouts. You know, I've looked at some numbers. Here are things that we're doing wrong. We need to be more independent. Our families need to be back together. That's what I say on college campuses. And we're met with hundreds of protesters, people, threatening the place and it, to me that's just it, it wasn't like that t- even 10 years ago isn't that ironic and it's supposed to be a platform where it's supposed to be uh just just open thinking and right. and a back and forth dialogue and it seems to get shut down it's i mean it's sort of a sad uh, uh state of affairs when when that's the case um kanye west tweeted you did a few months later right he, he said did. i love how candace owen thinks he did how how, how did that tweet 
I, it was so insane because I was such a Kanye fan that because Charlie was so culturally inept, I think is the right way to say it. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing with him and telling him like, you have to listen to Kanye West's music. And he's like, is that the one that's married to Beyonce? Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh my God. Um, right, right. But I, I have always been a Kanye West fan. I think that his music is so empowering and it was so necessary for me in that phase. It was, I was strictly listening to his song Power, which was so funny. Like I would get up every day and I'd go running and I'd listen to Power because there's something about his music that really inspires independence. Like he's on a wavelength um, where you really can empower yourself by listening to his music and you can say, forget what the world thinks about me because he's got that sense, that necessary arrogance that you need, right? (laughs) There's like, there's a level of necessary arrogance, which might just be called self-confidence and the whole world tells you you can't do something. You have to say, yes, I'm doing it. And Kanye sort of got me in that mode when I decided I was just going to be the black conservative that continued to speak out. And then one day, I think... Someone from the UK actually sends me a screenshot and I had just had lunch with that person in the UK and I, it was it was Nigel Farage's assistant, actually. And I said to him, like, I'm such a big Kanye fan. So I thought he was like trying to be funny, was using British humor and photoshopped Kanye's Twitter. And I was like, this is not that funny. <laughs> like, right, right, right. This is not really the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And then in the back of my mind, I was like, this probably isn't British humor. Like, let me just go to Kanye's Twitter feed and see. And like, my hands are shaking. I couldn't even get to his page. I'm like, and then I see it and I just broke down crying, which is so atypical. And I was crying not because I was a fan of Kanye, but because I knew what had just happened. I knew that we had broken a necessary wall um, and that people, regardless of what they said about me, were going to research me and we're going to look up who I was, people that needed to hear my message. Um, so it was it was it was such a special moment and a moment that I'll never forget in my life. What was it like when you when you met him? You know, he was exactly as I thought he would be. I think if you listen to enough of his music, you can sort of get a sense of who he is. And he, he's an artist, I, I guess, is the only way to put it. He mm-hmm. sees in color and his mind is working a thousand different ways and when I first met him, he took me around his fashion studio and would just talk to me about like certain shoes. Mm. I'm like <laughs> did, he, did, he, did he gear you he's up? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know if we're going to do the heel anymore. If it's empowering enough. I'm just, and he, he just goes right into right. like Picasso mode. Right, you know? right, right, and right. so there, there's just. Um, he's a trip. He, he's just a total like, oh, I, I don't know if we should do the heel anymore. Yeah. Actually, I'm so glad you asked me. Let's I go with the flop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did he give you any shoes? Yes, I'm wearing actually a pair oh, so of he Yeezys. Gear, he did gear you up. He did. You got some Yeezys. Yes, right. exactly. I got some Yeezys. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's, he's an incredibly kind person he really is and he's kind to everyone around him uh so that it was totally trippy and then i met kim which was also really trippy and she's unbelievably kind so they're they're really nice people and i think that i wouldn't i just wouldn't have thought they were so nice i mean i thought kim was nice like you watch enough of her on tv and you're like she seems really sweet she is nice she's really sweet yeah Yeah. she's just a really nice person how do you think that that whole episode uh affected the african-american community and the way it it was perceived and and the way the media sort of handled it. Well, the media did what they do best. They just smeared him and started saying he had a mental disorder and said horrible things about him. I remember reading the press and it said, you know, Kim's leaving Kanye. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible what happens when you say, come out and say anything that's conservative. And by the way, if you asked Kanye, he wouldn't even say that he was conservative. He wouldn't say that. He would mm-hmm. just say, I'm a free thinker and I like Trump. But he doesn't say anything bad about Hillary, right? He's not like an either or person. right? Um, and the fact that he can't, that he had to go through um, what he went through in the media is horrific. And it should show everyone that 
you, you're not free as a black person. If you're free, no one would care. Him saying he liked Trump would have been exactly like every other celebrity who said they liked Hillary. Mm. Would have been like, okay, great, move on. Right. But it wasn't. It was vicious. It was it was um, it was violent. The stuff that they were saying about him. They were talking about um, his mental state and saying he needed to be hospitalized. And they were using racial slurs. And CNN on live TV said this is what happens when Negroes don't read. I mean, could you imagine in what world that that is said? They didn't have to issue. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have to issue an apology. They didn't have to take back the statement. And that's what I try to showcase to people is just are are we really free? That's the question. If we're really free, then whether you agree with him or not, Kanye should have been able to say that and go back to work the next day. And it, it wouldn't have called a media a caused a media firestorm. It's, it's a very good point. Candace, do you think hip hop in general, the, the messaging throughout the years, do you think that's been destructive for African-Americans, or in particular women? It, I, I think, yes. Yes, it has. And so I, I I feel for the hip-hop community, because look, I grew up on hip-hop, so I know that what I'm saying is a little bit hypocritical, because in one regard, I just told you that Kanye's music inspired me to go out and do something, right? And when I was a kid, uh, Jay-Z's music always made me feel like I can make it out of here and be something. But to the same token, the problem is, is that the, they're just telling their story, right? So it, to them, it's just poetry. I'm telling you what I lived through. But to kids that are growing up, they start to idolize that and they want to to live that story. They want to, they're not listening to Jay-Z say, oh, I used to, to sell drugs and going, and I made it to do all of this stuff and now I do this and that and going, oh, great, he made it out. They're thinking, oh, that means I can sell drugs and I can do this and I can make it out. Um, so it's, I understand from the side of Jay-Z where it's like, I'm just telling my story, but the messaging for kids, I don't think it's actually very helpful. We don't have positive hip hop music and it is, you know, the glorification of having multiple women and, um, it's not, it's not helping our community. I really don't think it is. And I, I'm going to be completely honest and say that I am aware that I sound like a hypocrite because I, I listen to hip hop music. Um, I, I love and grew up on, on hip hop music too. And it's, it's. I'm a little older than you, so I'm actually a lot <laughs> older than you. So it seems like it's changed because they used to have very Tupac. strong. Well, even prior to that, too, with Public Enemy, PMD, and Rakim and all these guys, they really had, they were real poets and they really had stuff to say. Right. And it was inspirational. And they had, and then it sort of got into, well, got into the gangster thing, but right. then into a little bit more, I don't know, degrading and it's super degrading. Yeah. And then it just, and now it's mumble and you can't understand. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, yeah. it's gotten this ebbs and flows and it's just, yeah, I was always curious just to see how, um, well, I don't think anyone's creating real art anymore, to be honest with you. Like there's very few artists that I actually can listen to their album from cover to cover in general. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that, has to deal with you could talk about another regard art even like actual true art is a joke think about modern art it's like a microphone in the middle of a space and they go oh my gosh it's so pro- <laughs> so progressive right, so right. one million dollars i threw paint at the wall like, you know <laughs> we I used mean? to be able to sing back in the day too right it's, yeah it's all it's all we now. were actually ruining art we're in yeah. this in this weird space where people are trying to pretend that things are forward when it really just sucks mm. Um, and there, it just sucks. It's just not good anymore. Right. right I mean, no. when you go to like a modern art thing, I'm like, wait, what? I mean, my, my two year old could do this. Right. Yeah. And, and they will pay $4 million for like a two year old to scribble. And they say it's like Picasso. And I'm like, this is such an insult to Van Gogh and to right. Picasso and people that were actually making things. So I, I, I struggle to even think that there's actually true art being created anymore. Uh, tell me about Blexit. Yeah. 
Um, look, it, it just it feels like the right time. I, I launched Blexit, the black exit from the Democrat Party, from dependency, from progressive um, principles that are, are yielding regressive results in the black community uh, because it's just time. There's just I look I've looked at every metric I've, I've studied um, as much as I possibly can over these, especially over these last two years. We're losing. The black community is losing. And, and somehow we're married to a party because our cultural icons um, who know very little about politics, virtually nothing about politics is what the truth is, is Hollywood knows nothing about politics. Um, tell us we've been so seized culturally um, that we don't realize that we're, we're following a party right off of a cliff. Our communities are down the drain. Why do you think so many minorities too, Latinos, blacks, why, why do you yeah. think they feel the need to vote for Democrats? Uh, I, I think because first and foremost, the left runs the education system. So that's the first vertical um, that has been completely taken over by left and leftism. And then you have the media and, and culture in Hollywood. They have a stranglehold on culture in Hollywood. I know conservatives in Hollywood. It's, it's like an underground railroad. They can't come out and say that they're conservative because they'll lose their entire careers. God forbid you put on a MAGA hat. You're over. You will get canceled until you retract a statement or say something um, against the president. And so you have those two verticals. And then um, also just the strategic breakdown of our families. Um, I think the most important thing in the entire world is our fathers. And we're seeing this society, which is trying to first and foremost, make masculinity wrong, right? This radicalized feminist movement. It's not feminism at all, um, which is trying to make people feel bad about being men, right? And, and telling women we don't need men and, and encouraging the breakdown of the nuclear family. It, your children are better off when mom and dad are together. You need uh, for morality. You have to have this reverence of the father as the head of a family unit. Um, this, this really traces back to the Bible in Genesis. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that. So that's controversial. Talking about God is controversial. Believing in father and in men. I don't buy Gillette razors. I hope nobody here does. That should be that should be canceled after making it. And, and, and this is the culture that we're in. And you have these boys growing up without father figures who are getting into trouble and who are then relying on cultural icons to tell them between right and wrong because their fathers aren't at home and they're making mistakes. And we have to sort of get it all all back to how it was. What do you say, Candace, to those Americans who may share the same views but are afraid to speak up? Join join a Blexit rally. I mean, to see all of the Latinos uh lined up in downtown la and the black people lined up and know that there is a community that there is a public community that is coming forward and we're not afraid we don't really care what's tweeted about us by celebrities you know um and and there's nothing more empowering um than realizing that you've actually learned things the right way and and by the way if you want to talk about a community that doesn't see color that doesn't see race doesn't see ethnicity join the patriotic community because we're 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 joined together by our values, by our principles, by our reverence for God, by respect for the family unit. And it's it's such a wonderful, beautiful feeling to be in the room with like-minded individuals. Is that why you're on the road so much? Yeah. And so so take me through a week. You're you're traveling. Does it, does it vary? Are you usually hitting the same? How does your schedule work? I mean, I speak at a lot of GOP dinners, like a, a Lincoln or a Reagan dinner. So that takes me all over. I'm launching my own podcast with uh, Prager University. So that's uh, based here out in L.A. and, and talking to anybody who wants to talk, you know, because I, I, I think it's necessary for us to have conversations and, and stop demonizing one another with with ridiculous labels. And um, I am launching TPUK. So I'm spending a lot of time in London as well. Uh, Charlie, and, girl. I know Charlie and I are do our still do our campus tour. So mm. we 
on college campuses and I do my media hits. I'll be on Fox News or so I'm just, yeah, I am just everywhere. I last night did a wedding. Squeezing in the wedding. I, I think I'm going to spend like a month out there this summer just planning the whole thing as fast as I can because I can't even think about having time to plan a wedding. So it's fine. His mom will plan it. Yeah. From the East Coast, that's not too bad of a flight. From out here, it is. Yes. Yeah, from the East Coast, not too bad. Yeah. 12 hours from here. Yeah. East Coast, it's all right. So, Candace, these Hitler comments <laughs> had you in the news. Yes. So break that story down for us, please. So crazy. It was, I mean, this is, it's so insane. Nobody, first off, first and foremost, there's not a single person in the world who legitimately thinks that I support Hitler. It's, it's so crazy that even if they couldn't even say it with a straight face, but uh, we were. I support, it sounded funny. It's just so, <laughs> it it's, 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 it's just so ridiculous. Like, she's a supporter of Hitler. I'm like, do you write these headlines? And uh, could you just be a serious person for like one day, BuzzFeed? Um, but so we were out speaking about, um, somebody had rose their hand and asked us a question and we were in the UK and they asked us whether or not, um, how do we as conservatives separate us, separate ourselves from, uh, being called nationalists. And what I was saying to the women is that nationalism has become a tainted word. Um, I do not, and it's become a tainted word because if you hear it in America, especially people immediately think about Adolf Hitler, and that's actually wrong. I do not believe that he, and, and nor do many Jewish people believe that he was a nationalist. Um, you know, when you think of a nationalist, it's a person that puts the nation, their nation first and the people within their nation first. And Hitler was not putting the people in his nation first. He was murdering people that were within his nation. Um, so that was my argument. He he was a murderous, raging, homicidal maniac. And people somehow associate him with a nationalist. A nationalist wouldn't be imperializing and expanding beyond their borders and invading Poland and invading France. So Hitler was not a nationalist. And that was my point. And of course, somehow they turned it into uh, Candace thinks that if Hitler had stayed within his borders. He, <laughs> Candace thinks he's cool. Candace thinks he's cool, <laughs> which is par for the course. I mean, I've earned every other ridiculous label. I'm anti-black. I want women to be raped because I said I don't support the Me Too movement because um, I think it. it the idea of not having due process terrifies me. I could have a son one day. I, I Men are not dropped off by the stork, ladies. <laughs> Just so you know, we birth them. Those are our sons. We're creating a society that our sons have to, our fathers, our husbands have to be able to survive in. Right. So I say on Sports and Me Too movement, and there are articles, Candace wants women to be raped. And it's, this is just, you know, par for the course when you're a conservative. Right. No, I want to get into that in a second. But um, Chelsea Clinton actually commented on this. And, and you, cal- you called her out on it. On yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a former first daughter. So first and foremost, when you perpetuate something, you better have been well-researched and looked at everything in context to make sure. And she wrote something, said the third right wasn't great as Candace Owens says. I never said that period. Um, and you took that, took a, watch someone take a snippet of the conversation, not in context and made it seem like I said that and I hit her hard because it's like my entire life is dedicated to undoing the misery that, <laughs> that your family um, has imparted upon the black community. Um, so you actually don't get the right to tweet me ever. Um, <laughs> so that's how that works. So yeah, I hit her hard and I, I basically told her, don't you talk about evil regimes when your father being in the White House was an evil regime. More black men were locked up because of his crime bill in 94. Um, then he locked up more black men than any president in the history of the United States. And that's the reason uh, that I, I do Blexit and I do these educational rallies and conferences. So the black community realizes who our allies are and who our enemies are. And the Clintons have always been an enemy to the black community. You ever gotten an apology from anyone you've called out on Twitter? I'm still waiting. I usually get blocked. I've been blocked by Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> usually, is, is a block an apology? <laughs> Sign of respect. <laughs> Why do you think people can't admit they're wrong? Um, 
You know, I think it's different for celebrities and people that are, are public figures is that they know not they know nothing. They just squeal into the echo chamber. And if they actually cared about what they were saying, I would actually have a lot of respect if there were liberals who said, I care so much about politics and I'm actually going to go have conversations with conservatives because I'm interested in truth. Right. So I believe what I believe. There's not a single liberal out there that I won't sit down with and have a conversation with or have a debate with. Yeah, good for you. None of them will sit down and have a conversation or a debate with us. OK, yeah. which makes you know that they don't believe in what they say. You're just shouting into the echo chamber on Twitter. Why don't you? I've, I, I Chelsea Handler and I were supposed to debate at Politicon she, uh, for her Netflix series. And she came up with like she because she was doing a, a Netflix documentary on white privilege. Right. Well, great. So talk to a black person who is a conservative about it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to do that. Of course mm-hmm. not, because she wants she's not interested in, in getting to the root of, of white privilege, which would be talking to people that that are black and don't believe in white privilege. Right. Right. Um, uh, Sarah Silverman was supposed to come on to my podcast to have a conversation. She backed out the night before. And so it's it's it, it signals to me that they don't actually they know that there's something broken about their logic because they don't want to sit across from somebody who's willing to have a peaceful, logical discussion with them about their beliefs. That's the thing about social media too, is that you can just, you can just focus on other like-minded people, live in that little world yeah. and not to ever have to engage right. with anyone of opposing views or thoughts That's exactly if you don't right. have to. Do you think we're as divided as a country as the media portrays? No, we're not. Uh, it's and, and honestly, if, if we could get Hollywood liberals to just shut the hell up, we would actually be able to do a lot of healing. They're the ones that perpetuate so much hate. I mean, the, the rhetoric and they try to make it cool and trendy, like we're the cool kids sitting at the table. Nobody wants to sit with you. Nobody cares what you think. Um, and that's just and that's honestly the truth is that they perpetuate. They pretend that they're the most tolerant people in the world. They're vicious and they're hateful and they're rude. They have no respect for the person that's sitting in the White House. And and beyond that, they, they have this idea that anyone who supports him is racist. You you actually believe that more than half of this nation is racist? Of course you don't. Of course you don't, especially you black artists. We live in a majority white country. If you're at the top of the hip hop chains because white people are buying your album, mm. okay? Okay, just so you just so we're clear. Right. Okay, and and they don't they don't think like that. You think that you became a number one artist because because just black people bought your album? That's not how it works. And um for them to not have that thoughtful dialogue and say, hmm, well, maybe some of my fans support him for different reasons. Maybe it's not about racism. Maybe it's not about sexism. Maybe there's something else that is drawing people to Trump. I think that, that that's not healthy. It's, it's, you should have critical thinking and, and discussion. Where do you see all this going, Candace? Like, what, what's, your, what's your particular or personal ultimate goal as far as in, let's say, 15, 20 years? What is it that you want to be doing? want to be unblocked from Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> Not. Um, Good luck. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's funny because people people are always like, you should run for the president of the United States. You should run for Congress. I have no interest in running for office. I have interest in seeing the black community actually just start thinking, seeing the Latino community actually start thinking, uh, seeing that we've broken the monolith, that it's cool to talk about God again, like this weird thing where it's like hip hop to, to suddenly say that you don't mess with God or like VP Mike Pence respects his wife. Ha 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 ha. Like it's just the most bizarre thing in the entire world. Can we get to a society where we have honor and respect and reverence and where the black community demands that they debate, that they debate um, and, and that politicians offer better ideas as opposed to irrational, emotional arguments like vote for me because the other guy's racist. That's unacceptable. Mm. It's unacceptable. I want you to say why I should vote for you. Stop calling everybody else racist. That, that's you asking me to act based from a fear based uh, mentality. You want me to do something because I'm scared. No, I want you to 
challenge me to do something because it's logical because you have better ideas i want to vote for you based off the merit of your ideas not because you brought beyonce and jay-z to sing which is what hillary clinton did right like did she did she have a thought for the black community no she had jay-z she had beyonce she had Katy perry and that's why trump won because he was talking about ideas speaking of the future and new ideas uh what are your thoughts on the green new deal (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump with the Hodge twins here and say, (laughs) (laughs) oh, man, I mean, there's actually a clause in there that just says that we're going to take care of people that just don't want to work. Like, I mean, well, she tried to back out on that (laughs) somehow when but then they got fact checked, unwilling to work. Right. Look, just unwilling. I'm not really willing to work. So can I have a government check? Yeah, look, I think that Trump diagnosed it best. It was like a bad college midterm paper. Um, and it shouldn't be taken seriously. And and uh, just, you know what, I, I want a black New Deal. I want a Latino New Deal. I want to talk about how, how we inspire communities that have been harmed the most by progressive policies. I'm not interested in, in people creating a bunch of fluff. And what I challenge people to think of all the time is that when people are, are offering you a bunch of free stuff, they're just trying to take away your freedoms. There's no such thing as free. You Nothing's have to work free. for things. There's nothing free in society. Why is there such a push for socialism? Because it's first and foremost, it's an easy sell. So what I sell is actually hard. I sell personal responsibility, right? Try selling to someone, hey, you are responsible and you need to make good choices. Mm. And if you do these things, you can have success. That's a hard sell and it's a hard Mm. pitch in a society that just wants to point the blame, right? The black man wants to blame the white man. The poor man wants to blame the rich man. The short person wants to blame the tall person. The women want to blame the men. This is the society that we've we've gone into. And and this is when I'm sure you, maybe you've all heard of Dr. Jordan Peterson who Mm. talks about this cultural Marxism and what, to me, at its core, it's it's cowardice. It's the ultimate cowardice. It's hard. Life is hard. Life is struggle. Getting up every day is hard. Um, That's why people are buying into it so easy. Yeah, because it's like, hey, you know what? Anything you don't do is not your fault and we're going to pay for it. Mm. That's a really easy sell. More free stuff. Were you tired this morning, Mario? Did you not want to get out of bed? Oh, I'm tired every morning. Stay stay there, Mario, and we're going to bring you a check. Yeah. You Sounds were nice. unwilling. That's right. it. That's all that was wrong. You were just unwilling to get out of bed. I mean, that's a, that's an easier pitch to people that are, are um, lazy. How, I don't want to use the word dangerous. How, how impactful will uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez be in the future? I'm not as worried about her as most people are. I think she's, she's brilliant at social media. I think that that's actually one thing her and I have share in common is we're both very good. We understand social media and how to work it. And she, she's, um, Dangerous in that she's able to spread bad ideas very quickly because she understands social media. Um, but at the end of the day, people are, people have said to me, like, what if she becomes president? I'm like, no, 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 no. She's passionately stupid. Um, she, Does she last, though, Candace? Is she what? Did, will she last? No, absolutely not. Because eventually, to get to the next step, you do have to debate. And she can't debate. Mm. She, she thinks there's three chambers of Congress. Right. She actually knows so little about America. And when you watch her interviews, people that are these are softball interviews, Jake Tapper. She she can't explain the economics behind it. Um, and what she does is she avoids having to debate her ideas at all costs and they keep her safe and in a bubble because she spreads their bad ideas. Um, and they're they're actually there are people that are above her that are willing to go debate and they're good at debating bad ideas. Like Andrew Gillum actually was is someone that would would is scarier to me than an, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because he's good at debating. And when you watch him at the end of it, you're like, wow, he's really he's got he's charismatic. Her, she can't debate her ideas. Mm. Um, so she'll flatline pretty quickly and she's never going to run for anything above Congress because she doesn't want to debate. Um, I might move to Brooklyn and run against her in 2020 for sport. 
Oh, that'd be exciting. Yeah. I would love to. to. See I've the offered debates. to debate her. NBC offered us to debate. They offered to host it, and they would have been friendly to her and trying to set me up, and she turned it down. Turning Point USA offered her $100,000 to debate me, and she turned it down. We've, everyone's trying to debate her. She doesn't want to do it. Because you're um, about the same age, right? We're the exact same age. We're both born 89. We're, we're like the alter egos. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Why would that's pay-per-view? I'd it, pay to see that. I, I said we could literally do it pay-per-view and people would pay to <laughs> watch it. But yeah, she won't right do there. it because like I said, liberals sp- love to spew things into the echo chamber, but they refuse to debate their ideas. I would debate her any place, any time, any venue. Why is there such a liberal conservative double standard? Um, because they own the media. I mean, that's the truth about it. They, they run the media and 90% of the media, I think it's 90%, um, is liberal. It's, 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 and that's unfortunate, but we're starting to see this undercurrent of conservative podcasts pop up. You know, you've got Ben Shapiro, who's doing great work and, and getting out conservative principles and you've got Turning Point USA, which is kind of fighting the war on college campuses. So I think we're at, we are actually at a turning point where conservatives are willing to get into the culture war. Um, but yeah, they're just... They run everything. And of course, celebrities, right? Celebrities who are inherently, no offense, inherently stupid. Um, because <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not taken. <laughs> I mean, what do you think the last novel was that like a celebrity, I mean, it's like, what's on your bookshelf, right? But they know everything. They think they know everything. And the truth is, is that the majority of them suffer from a narcissist complex. They've just been, people have been, you're so amazing, queen, worship, slay, all of these, you know, ridiculous, right. yes, queen, <laughs> yes, well, you hear that working. long enough and you actually start to believe your own bullshit. You're like, <laughs> I, nothing I say stinks. And then you just start saying stuff without backing it up. And you think you can just keep going like, like, I don't even, I just don't get it. Uh, the Democratic field is already getting pretty crowded. It's going to be so good. Yeah, gosh. It's how like cr- the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> I The Super Bowl of stupid. I want to just like deck myself out in red, white, and blue, go to the DNC convention and be like, yes, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Moore. I mean, like it is going to be fun. Who do you think ends up being the the candidate at the end of the day? Who do you think has the best chance at least? If Beto runs, he'll 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 go further than all of them. Really, he yeah. couldn't even win against Ted Cruz. Against Ted Cruz, who's yeah, not the most likable guy. In- factor. I, I think if Beto runs, he'll go he'll go the furthest. Um, really? I don't know if he'll actually. If he was smart, he wouldn't run until twenty twenty four because he he won't beat Trump. Um, but if Trump can't run again, Beto could go really far. Um, but of the people running, oh, definitely not Cory Booker. This is so crazy. I don't know what he's doing. Um, it's just insane. <laughs> Definitely not Pocahontas. She's out, right? You just cheated life by pretending to be Native American. She how epic! Waste her time. <laughs> how, how epic was Amy Klobuchar talking about global warming in a blizzard? Like you can't make this up. It's like the best reality show ever. The snow is in their hair. You know, Trump's just laughing. He's just got to be in like ha 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 ha. Who was the la- Who was the? Who else is running? Joe Brand's running. Um, nope. Uh, Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala, Kamala is Harris. just the most forgettable. Human being. I mean, every time she talks, I'm like, did she just talk? She's been a senator for like five minutes too. Yeah, I don't. She, she, she won't, and she's got too much of a history that'll that'll be dredged up. Castro, Julian Castro from. um, Who's the other chick? Who's Uh, the other? There's a the girl running. I think she. There's a girl that's running that might. Well, I think the field's going to get more crowded too. Yeah, I think. I I just want Hillary to come back. Which, by the way, is not out of the question. They're saying that would be the best. Like losing three times. Part two. 
It's part three. Or part three. Part yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, right. Part three. That's this is a awesome. trilogy. Dang. Yeah, no, yeah, I give really... Her her, she's resilient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got stamina. <laughs> she does. I mean, not so much. She falls a lot. But I really hope that she runs. I just, I, I want to live to see another clinton like just back i i really hope hillary runs again i think that would be epic you think biden jumps in uh he might make it interesting no i think that there's just been some weird stuff on the internet about him that will just (laughs) not be good for him i don't think he will he 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 could have if there wasn't reddit and things you know what i mean but uh, unearth weird stuff but i i don't think i think biden probably i don't i think he'll sit this one out so you think Beto O'Rourke has the strongest chance to if he runs. Okay. Yeah. And you see Trump winning at the end of the day. Though. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a candidate that can beat him. Have you lost any friends with your vocal <laughs> support of Trump? Better question. Do you have any friends? <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Of course I've lost friends. I've lost family members. I mean, this is just where where you're at. You as a black conservative, you have to accept that you're gonna lose friends, you're gonna lose family members. Um, but in a pursuit to be yourself, it's worth it. I always say being a black conservative today is like being gay in the eighties. You know what I mean? And when there was the stigma attached to it, but do you, do you not be gay because, you know, because family and friends have, you have to live your life authentically. And, um, what I believe in is that we're doing something that is going to completely change the world. And we're going to look back one day. I mean, look, Martin Luther King wasn't liked when he was alive. They were, he was hated. The NAACP hated him. Uh, and he was seen as this radical character and what we're talking, but what he said was all true and it was all amazing. And in the same regard, conservatives are treated, we're exiled, we're excommunicated, especially by the media. I mean, the stuff that's said about us is horrific in the same regard. The stuff that was said about MLK when he was alive was pretty horrific from the media. Uh, we're, we're fighting a war that is for future generations of black America, and I, I think that we're going to win. But what's the one thing you want people to take away from what you're doing? Um, I think I want them to just critically think about the things that they believe. Because what what shocks me is that we grow up and we read this we read history and we take it in and, and we see a society in a time where people were chased out of restaurants and we go, oh my God, how could people have chased black people out of restaurants and said terrible things to them just because of the color of their skin? And yet they replicate it. They mm. do the exact same stuff to conservatives and to black conservatives. And they say horrific, um, horrible racial slurs to us because we're black and we're conservative or because you're Latino and you're conservative. You're allowed to say horrific things. Why don't people just challenge themselves to connect the dots and realize and the same way that you looked at those individuals back in history and said, how could they? You are they. You are the they that you looked back on and said, how could they have ever executed this and been this person? And is, is the media and social media to blame yeah. just because they're the mouthpieces and the media is to blame. Celebrities are a big piece of the puzzle because they make it. They normalize it. They normalize the harassment of conservatives. And um, and that's really, really wrong. And. Um, the media, 100%. I mean, Google my name. You'll get it is 10 million hits. So I, I read my own Wikipedia once and went, oh, my God, she sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> terrible activity to do. And it's just like, just it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. But, um, you know, I, I think we're winning. I think that the, the crazier the hit pieces are, the more absurd it gets. When you get to the level of trying to say that I support Hitler, right? right. Then it must mean that we're winning and you're scared because you think we're making a difference. What are mom and dad saying? My mom hopes thinks I like lost my mind and she hopes I find it. Um, really? Yeah. She's just like, what? Um, and my dad has been really supportive. He's just was, he was kind of more in the middle and he, he voted for Reagan. So he, and he's just sort of like, who has the better ideas. 
And he's been really supportive. And now he says that what the one thing that I've taught him is that he doesn't believe the media anymore. I mean, you can't you can't sell to parents that their daughter is like, you know, supports Nazis and right. hates black people. Um, right. So they've all my entire family now does not trust the media. So they've been pretty. Your brothers and sisters are. Yeah, my sisters are so supportive. That's they've cool. been they've been really supportive. They're just proud of me, and it's they would never do it, and they're just like that is the way Candace Owens yeah. would have ended up based off of our childhood. <laughs> but um, they've been really supportive and have been a, a major source of strength for me. So I'm really grateful. You're obviously very busy and traveling all the time. When you do have some free time, what do you do for fun? Hang out with my fiance. <laughs> what do you guys like to do? Eat. <laughs> <laughs> we love food. I, I'm, mm. I love food. I just, food is so great. You know, I don't think we're doing enough to talk about how great food is. Oh, I'm very passionate about I'm food. I'm so passionate. Uh, you're looking at someone who pound for pound will get down on more food than anyone you no, 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 no. Ask no. anyone right You'd here. You'd be shocked at how much I eat. Oh, come on. You, no, you no, barely no, no, no. break triple digits. There's oh, no way you, you can. Are you kidding? You can I eat. eat so much. It's embarrassing. I love it. It's embarrassing. Like I couldn't even not have a disgustingly big breakfast before I came here. <laughs> It's, it's it's just like I had French toast and pancakes and bacon. I had pancakes this morning. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I love pancakes. Oh, they're the best. And IHOP is is underrated. It's amazing. Speaking of pancakes and preparing for photo <laughs> shoots, is it true you just did a Playboy shoot? I did. I'm doing hey. actually the Playboy shoot is today. Actually, <laughs> oh, the today. interview. You had some French toast before. I love it. Yeah, it might be a hit piece. I don't know. I do these <laughs> interviews now, and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be a hit piece. I don't even care. I'm, we live in this weird post journalistic world now, where nobody even cares. Like, you can say whatever you want. Like, the people that support me know what this is, yeah. um, and the movement only grows. But it, I did do. I did a, a Playboy. They're interested in the politics of everything, and just kind of wanted to follow and see what it is I do. But you know. I probably gave them too much time. It's probably not going to be a great piece. Like they were just asking some really baiting questions. Like, oh, were they? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and did there was there a photo shoot as well? Yeah, that's today. Clothes on. <laughs> clothes on. Okay, <laughs> good. <clarify>. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the clothes is on. All yeah. right. That's good. Uh, tell me about your new podcast. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, it's it's going to be the Candace Owens show. And the idea is to just talk to people. Like, you know, I, I had such a wonderful sit down with John Voight and, and he's he is epic, man. John Voight is just he's just epic. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm 80 years old. I've only got so much time left is on this earth. Already? He just turned wow. 80 in December. That's yeah. Awesome. So he's just at that age where he's like, this is what I believe in. I believe in God. I believe in faith. I believe in family. And I believe that our, our country and our culture is at risk. And we just had such a wonderful conversation and, uh, you know, I spoke to some um, Paris Denard, who was a black conservative who got Me Too'd. Um, and I wanted to talk to him about the implications of media hit jobs and how it affects your life and, and sort of bring that to life for people. And talking to former, you know, former police officers who now are activists, um, Brendan Tatum, who is a partner of mine and why he made the switch. He was a Bernie supporter and a police officer and how that impacted when when Barack Obama uh, perpetuated the police brutality myth, how that affected a black police officer and mm. what that means now when people think they can openly disrespect the police. Mm. So it's, it's bringing conservative principles and, and also speaking to people that are on the left and giving them a chance to air how they feel if they actually feel the way they feel. Have, let's have the conversation. There's got to yeah. be some point that we agree on. Um, maybe we agree on the problem but don't agree on the solution necessarily because most liberals don't think out solutions. Candace, it, it seems that we're going down a slippery slope right now where you can make mistakes when you're younger, they come back and haunt you 20, 30 some odd years later. It's, it, it would be, 
I would not be shocked if politicians were maybe one generation removed where there's going to be pictures on the Internet of them doing either being naked, being something salacious. It's just is that a dangerous place to be? And don't aren't we allowed to grow as individuals, learn from our mistakes and move past that? Yeah, you know, so obviously, and I, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I was happy that the Northam thing happened because the left started this with this mining people's past from 60 years ago. And now they realize this is a slippery slope. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have done this and, and it shouldn't be done at all. And uh, none of us, all of us, I should say, actually have things that we would never want unearthed. You know, I, I went through a whole phase where I was just a horrible human being. I, when I went through anorexia, I was just a miserable, unhappy human being. Uh, being miserable to people around me. And I, I wasn't a good person. And if I had to now live that the, those four years for the rest of my life right. and make amends, that's no, I want to, I want to grow as a person. I want to get over it. Um, and, and give back in the way that I speak to girls that have anorexia. Um, and, but if you, there can't be evolution, you're going to, you're going to kill human beings. If, right. if you cannot evolve, from making a mistake when you're 16 years old or not making a mistake, just being a guy that drinks beers, you know, sure. and when you're in high school, were you underage? Who didn't have an underage beverage? I, I did, you know, and, and does that disqualify me from being the president one day? Because when I was in high school, we someone's brother used to buy us beer and I would drink beer. Um, that's a scary place to be. And it is. I, I look back at some of the things that I did. I'm like, oh, my, my God. God. Yeah, you but cringe. you know, But you know what? I'm almost glad that I kind of went through it because it helps me put things in perspective. You learn, you grow You're closer to your it. kids because exactly. they're going through it, right? And, exactly. And, and so you need that. You need yeah. to be able to grow. Evolution is so necessary. The the We have a right to evolve, right? You have right. a right to evolve. It's it's it, it really is a God-given right to, to evolve as a human being, to make mistakes, to move on from them, and to learn from those mistakes. And no person should be frozen in time. And this idea that you can freeze an individual in time is horrific, and it's scary, and it's something that needs to be stopped. It is absolutely scary. Where can people find out more about everything Candace Owens is doing. Not on BuzzFeed.com. <laughs> um, look, I have a website, CandaceOwens.com. You can follow my podcast when it comes out in March, uh, where, where I think that you'll actually be able to see where my ideas come from and attend one of the events. I mean, if you can get past the Antifa protesters, come actually see what it is we do. What I always say is, if you think you have a perception of someone, go see them live. If you think that you know who somebody is, you, you, it will take you five seconds. If I'm on a stage screaming, white supremacy, yes, yes, you're going to find out very quickly. Don't believe what you read. Challenge yourself to go hear people. Um, and you might be surprised by, by what it is that the person is saying versus what the media is selling you. Absolutely. Candace Owens, thank you so much for hanging out. I'm Candace Owens, and I'm hanging out with Mario. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>